This episode is brought to you by Shit You Should Care About and our new Cisco supporters. Head to the show notes to start supporting the media you love and the podcast hosts you love. Kia ora everyone. Uh, Harry Styles describes my week. <laughs> describes your outfit actually. Harry Styles describes my week. I just thought like I can't I can't think of any other no. chat to start this off. Genuinely mine was something shit. It was re-emergence. Oh my god <laughs> Okay. I mean I just thought of it then. Oh <laughs> mine was something shit. It's something that's just come from my brain and it's re-emergence. <laughs> okay, cocoon girl. What uh why re-emergence? Well was isolating for two weeks. <gasps> And now I'm a butterfly, socially out in the world. And Harry Styles has a butterfly tattoo on his tummy. True. (laughs) True. So go off. So it's just all encapsulated in Harry Styles, which is what we are talking about this week. Uh, And it's what we've been talking about for the past, I don't know, year. Yeah, two years. Ever since we started this business. (laughs) Literally. um, If you don't know who we are, we never introduce ourselves. Today we're going to because that's what my mouth is saying right now. (laughs) I'm sitting here with Liv. Hello. Who are you sitting here with? Uh, <laughs> oh, no, it's just me today. Oh, um, no, sitting here with Lucy. And we're going to talk about our great friend, Harry Styles, today. Oh, I really wish he was our great friend. Same. And I think it's only a matter of time. Oh, I think so. I think we'd absolutely thrive having a drink with him. Same. Did you see he met Brittany Broski? Who the fuck's Brittany Broski? Oh, my God. She's she's a kombucha girl. You know that meme that's like me when I try kombucha? Anytime you mention a meme to me, my face is just blank. I know. She's really <laughs> famous and I think the audience is going to be like, wow, well, oh, I'm going to look her up. She's like a big Harry Styles stan and Harry Styles HQ got her to come and meet Harry Styles and it was everything to I me. I just typed in Brittany. Brittany, what, Broski. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, the meme girl. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and she just met Harry Styles and because oh. she's a huge stan and I'm seriously like... Harry Styles HQ, Loki has their fingers on the pulse right now. Fuck yeah. They've got like the little niche marketing tactics, yes. don't they? And, and it's like we have been here for years mm-hmm. fanning out and they've been getting PR teams and blah, blah, blah to do all the, you know, hype and work behind it. And I'm like, now they realise, get stands to do your PR. Pay them. Fuck yeah. Fucking pay them. Because it's the ultimate full circle. Absolutely. And so live. Maybe we should start off by talking about the cool things that we got to do on behalf of Harry. Yes, absolutely. So last week we hosted two listening parties um, on behalf of the man himself with Sony Music, New Zealand and Australia. So the first one um, was in New Zealand. It was the most gorgeous night of my life. Oh, it was stunning. It was like a bit of a fever dream. It was. Mm -hmm. So we walked into this gorgeous at-home studio, like recording studio, that was decked out with just the most, like, cosy interiors. Oh, like velvet couches, beautiful candles, tulips everywhere, which were all handpicked by Harry. I was about to say, a big thing we should note is that Harry Styles and his team obviously picked every little detail for the event. So, like, the candle that he says he takes around with him to hotel rooms and stuff when he travels to make it feel like home was burning. It smelled mm. incredible. It's a diptyque candle. Fucking expensive. $103 in New Zealand. 103 Yes, and Ooh. someone emailed me because I linked it in the newsletter and said, I've just bought the last one from Mecca. So, unfortunately, that's influencing <laughs> from Harry Styles. sold out. Fuck, that was probably a good brand collaboration oh, by I them. I know. If it was. 
Or if it was just quite genuine. Yeah, I well, hope so. Anyway, so there was also tulips that were gorgeous. There were postcards that at the end of the night um, were being sent to Harry so you could write whatever you wanted. Did you send one to him? I didn't. No, nor did I. I, I should have. I should have as well. But I was just too oh, I was too busy taking notes for the review. Same. I was too busy trying to be in the moment. I was running out of space halfway through the album. I know. Um, and it was just so cute. We met so many fans. So many people loved shit you should care about as well. And it was like gorgeous it was so cute oh everyone was so lovely just like really getting to know each other as well which was my kind of only worry for the night you know you kind of think that you might get in with a random group of people and they won't really talk to each other but it was such a good vibe I swear like Harry Styles stands are something else Mm -hmm. they just literally want I mean Harry projects this whole like treat people with kindness love everyone love yourself sort of vibe and I feel like the fans almost respect it that much that they're going to go into any scenario oh. and just treat everyone with, like, so much respect, kindness. And, okay, we're going to get into this more in the second half of the episode because, again, it's a Harry Styles episode. But there was one moment when everyone was listening in their own headphones and As It Was came on, which was the only song that everyone knew, like, all the words to. And just, like, as soon as it came on, everyone got up and started dancing. And it was, like, silent disco vibes, but it was so cute. It's like, at what time in your life are you dancing with strangers without alcohol? Without alcohol? Never. No alcohol? Mm. And no music? Well, like, silence. Like, at one point, (laughs) me and Ruby took our headphones off and we're like... Hissing because it was just silent, but everyone was vibing. It was the best. And then the Australia one, we unfortunately, um, COVID did get your girls, so we couldn't travel, but we zoomed in and we, it was so cute. We did the like same sort of spiel that we did at the last one, but we told everyone, make sure if you feel it, you get up and you dance. Like it's not cringe, it's not awkward, go off. And then throughout the night, we were getting updates and Everyone was dancing, like, the whole night. Have you ever seen that video? I think I was shown it at, like, uni or something. And it's, like, people all out in the field, one person dancing for ages. (laughs) And everyone's just like, what the (laughs) fuck are you doing? And then, like, a couple more people come. And by the end of it, the whole park is dancing together. Sounds like a flash mob. Yeah. (laughs) But it was, like, showing that, you know, if you kind of lead the charge, people will follow. Honestly, and mm. I feel like it, it was um, one of the girls from Sony who was also getting the updates text me being like, in the best way possible, it's like youth group vibes, like silent yeah. disco youth yeah, group. But, but it, like the great version of that. Yes, it was so, so funny. Aww. So thank you to everyone that entered. Thank you to everyone that supports us and like oh, it was just amazing it was amazing like, I could feel the support just vibrating through the room just the amount of people that no one got jealous or bitter or anything that we were putting on this event it was more like thank you for being Harry's on behalf of Harry's mm. and being able to like get us all together I mean we were really careful to try and choose people that we thought were actually genuine like Harry Styles super fans and yeah. it paid off like you all made it amazing Sony made it amazing. Harry made it amazing. We just got to join along for the ride. Honestly. Oh, best night night. ever. Such a good week. Anyway, Liv, allow me to get into some naughty or nice. Please do. What have you got for me this week, Liz? Got quite a bit this week, and it's not to do with Harry because I just thought, palate cleanser. (laughs) (laughs) We need like the lime. Yes. Is that a palate cleanser? Um, Or like, you know how you get those sorbets? Is that a pa- oh, um, I'm not sure. Unless I, find <laughs> I don't was. have enough knowledge of fine dining. No, but. I was going to say, there's actually, there's something you have in between there's wine something. tasting as well. Oh, 
I mean, water? You spit? Yeah. I don't know. Is it coffee? You oh, you smell, smell coffee, coffee beans. beans. There mm. you go. So we've got a really um, fine dining-ish producer, Tiahi, over here. <laughs> Much classier than the two of us. <laughs> Even but though we've fucking worked in wineries our whole our upbringing. Whole life. Still, what, what's that thing? What's that, that thing? in between wine tasting? Oh, my God. We actually God. suck. Right. First naughty or nice. Rihanna and Ed Sheeran had a baby. Not together. But Wait. <laughs> Lucy. <laughs> not throw me into the headline like that. I know. Okay, so Rihanna and Ed Sheeran both had separate babies um, over the course of... that would be a real piece of tea. If they had a baby together. Yeah. I know. Poor Imagine Rihanna births a little ginger thing. Yeah. Oh, oh, Ed Sheeran births a Barbados goddess. <laughs> Didn't he have like a song that was... Barbados? No, okay, don't cut that No, out. that's Bibi Abbe. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Haven't I already fucked yes. up Bibi? Yeah, 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 yeah. It was when we did yeah, that yeah. episode all about how Ed Sheeran's music's not really a bop anymore. Oh, yeah. So still fair. stand by that. So anyway. anyway, so um, Rihanna and ASAP Rocky welcomed their new baby on apparently the 13th of May. Oh. We have no other details about that. No but pictures. No pictures. It's a baby boy. Wonder whether they're going to be like protective parents from the camera. I could yeah. see that. I could see that too. Or maybe just people will respect the shit out of Rihanna. True. And be like, mm, we're not going to pass your baby. I don't know. That's me giving a lot of hope to the world. Yeah. <laughs> and the people optimistic. But. Yeah. Um, and then uh, again, another baby news. Ed Sheeran and his wife announced that they've just given birth to another baby oh. girl. So this is his wife that he used to go out with in high school. Yeah. And they already have a daughter together called Lyra. That's actually so fucking yeah. cute. And then this was another, like, it was a secret one that he just posted a photo of some booties and was like, we've welcomed another baby girl. So that's oh. a nice story, isn't it? Yeah, that's wholesome as fuck. Then why do I have in capital letters, naughty, written <laughs> underneath this? What was, I don't know. That's as nice as it gets. It's literally as nice as it gets. Okay, this next one is also quite nice. Um, learn to live alongside cringe. Taylor Swift takes a victory lap at NYU's graduation ceremony. I feel like we did that a long time ago. Learn to live yeah. alongside cringe. I'm still trying. What is it? Date the person that makes you cringe. Yes. I'm still... Without context, I disagree with that statement mm. because it's sort of like the ick. But with context... Let them be themselves. Let them make Absolutely. you Absolutely, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> Just a side note. Side note. Some relationship Bring it advice. back to us. <laughs> Taylor Swift is not interesting no, enough. Taylor Swift, sorry, but we're actually going to make this all about us. <laughs> okay, so I'm sure everyone's basically seen this by now, but Taylor Swift was awarded with an honorary doctorate at NYU, mm-hmm. which is huge because she never like went and did further study. Obviously, your girl was a pop star from a very young age. Yes. Didn't have time to she go and a study. different path. She did. So um, I'm just going to read you a few excerpts from her speech because I thought her speech was really fucking good. And bear with because mm, I've got quite a lot to read out. Okay. I'll sit back and relax. I won't tell you what to do because no one likes that. I will, however, give you some life hacks I wish I knew when I was starting out my dreams of a career and navigating life, love, pressure, choices, shame, hope, and friendship. The first of which is life can be heavy, especially if you try to carry it all at once. Part of growing up and moving into new chapters of your life is about catch and release. What I mean by that is knowing what things to keep and what things to release. (laughs) Seems pretty obvious. (laughs) But quite philosophical. Yeah. You can't carry all things, all grudges, all updates on your ex, all enviable promotions your school bully got at the hedge fund his uncle started. Decide what is yours to hold and the and let the rest go. 
Oftentimes, the good things in your life are lighter anyway, so there's more room for them. I love that oh. because she's not afraid to get up there and literally just go off. I have this um, Frank Ocean quote on my wall. It's like the only quote I ever have, and it's it's something like, um, "There's so much something in life, so don't focus on the nothing." So and I true. just fucking love it because yeah. it's just like any time that you're really stressed out or whatever like you yeah. can kind of be like okay is this it's like the catch yeah. and release thing right yeah and like figuring out what things I love like figure out what to let go of literally and what to hold on to and the things you choose to hold on to are usually lighter exactly so be nice and there's so much good and interesting shit in the world yeah mm. exactly easier to hold on to secondly learn to live alongside cringe no matter how hard you try to avoid being cringe, you'll look back on your life and cringe retrospectively. Cringe <laughs> is unavoidable over a lifetime. Even the term cringe might someday be deemed cringe. Loki, it's getting there. The amount of times I just use it in that sentence, I'm cringing at it. But that's true because like, obviously you're going to look back at photos of yourself five years ago and be like, ugh, like that. <laughs> That first photo of me and you. Oh, <laughs> yes, I know the one. It's making me cringe, but I'm learning to live alongside that. Good. And then, I promise you, you're probably doing or wearing something right now that you'll look back on later and find revolting and hilarious. You can't avoid it, so don't try to. For example, I had a phase where, for the entirety of 2012, I dressed like a 1950s housewife. But you know what? I was having fun. Trends and phases are fun. Looking back and laughing is fun. I feel like that's great, because we're living through a TikTok time where everything's a trend. And Fuck, then, yes. And they're rolling through so fucking fast. And like... Think back to galaxy tights and, like, I American know. flag jeggings and, like... It's so weird to think that that was the thing. Yeah. And, and it's, like, it's fine that it was. Yeah. But those phases would last for, like, years, yeah. whereas now it's, like, months. Oh, now it's, like, days. Yeah. It's, like, this is cool. This salmon and rice bowl, rice bowl is what I'm going to eat for, like, two weeks straight and then the trend's gone. Like, it's just... It's wild. Mm. And then the last bit I wanted to read out, I was a teenager at a time where at a time when our society was absolutely obsessed with the idea of having perfect young female role models. It was all centred around the idea that mistakes equal failure and ultimately the loss of any chance at a happy or rewarding life. This has not been my experience. My experience has been that my mistakes led to the best things in my life. Getting cancelled on the internet and nearly losing my career gave me an excellent knowledge of all the types of wine. (laughs) So true. And I hope she smelt coffee beans in between trying all those types that of That is such a life hack, though. Like, the whole failure thing, I mean, it's so cliche, but it's yeah. when we were even in school, which wasn't that long ago, yeah. we're literally 24, like, it was very much, like, like your mistakes and fucking mistakes and, like, fear them. And it's even worse now with cancel culture. Yeah. Your mistake that you did maybe 10 years ago can still come up and, 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 like, you can feel like your life is completely over. No, genuinely, like, on a kind of macro scale like that as well and then also on micro scale in terms of, like, getting good at shit. Yeah. Like, you're going to f- be fucking bad but people don't tell you that and then people just Yeah, like, up. you like, need to be bad to get better at something. Failure is a really fucking good thing because yeah. it shows that you're getting better. It's sort of like jealousy and envy. Like, yeah. you need to use these really horrible feelings and things that we've framed really yeah. horrible, like failure or mistakes – as being like, no, well, that's just a chance for me to, like, get a bit better at it. Fuck yeah. And it's life as well. It's life and it's good. Yeah. yeah. She ended her speech with, 
Welcome to New York, It's Been Waiting For You, which is obviously a line from Welcome to New York of her 1989 album, which everyone has been like wild thinking is coming extremely soon. Mm -hmm. Like there was a day on TikTok where Jimmy Fallon was like doing all these like sort of teasers, sort of Easter eggs, and everyone thought the new album was coming. And then that Friday the 13th. Yes. Yeah. And then it didn't come. And then she, but she's dropping all these clothes. So it's got to be coming. Like, it seriously has to be. She wouldn't end it with Welcome to New York. It's been waiting for you. No, that's really exciting. Yeah. So anyway, you'll probably get a culture vulture ep about, or you can go and listen to our other eps on true, Taylor Swift, which true. are amazing. It's like how much more can we say, but that always is. There always is. Um, that's a nice story too, I thought. Oh, lovely. Yeah. yeah. So wholesome go vibes off. today. Um, less wholesome. Well, it starts wholesome. Heart, heart stopper. you know, that oh, fucking wonderful yeah. show. Was renewed for two more seasons, oh. so that's great. I mean, because it's based on books or graphic comics and True. things like that, which obviously there's more stories to be told because yeah. they've been told. So that's amazing that it was renewed for two more seasons on Netflix, but sort of at the same time, Netflix has just um, gone through some layoffs and a lot of those layoffs include contractors who are working on all their new diversity things that we spoke about when we talked about Dave Chappelle. Yeah. But I have some thoughts on this. So a little bit of context. Um, Netflix is kind of up shit creek at the moment. They announced the news on Tuesday that for the first time ever they lost uh, subscribers like in one of their quarters, which, which makes sense because – so many more streaming services are popping up. You can only be the front runner for so long until like there's literally no more people to get. Well, that's the thing. Like, whoever has Netflix already, like, yeah, they're your the audience, only thing. Right? The only thing you can do is either stay on Netflix or unsubscribe because you can't afford it and you yeah. prefer Disney Plus. And for they've sure. been putting their prices up and saying they're going to bring in ads and like it makes sense. Um, but this does mean that stock prices collapsed by more than 35%, which means that they lost about $50 billion worth of value in a single day. Fuck. So naturally, Liv, when you're losing money, something has to happen. And in this case, it was layoffs. And I'm going to get into this more in a second. But this makes sense. When you're losing money, you need to make hard decisions. You do need to lay people off. It's not like you can just keep going the way you were the whole time. Oh, because you're a business. It's impossible. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you remember when we spoke about Dave Chappelle last year and we talked about all the people that were working there at the time that sort of demanded that more diversity and more inclusion initiatives were sort of created and fostered. And then it looks like a a little bit of change started to happen, but um, Netflix has just come out and said that they are cutting about 150 employees um, but then alongside this, they also cut like dozens of just contracted people. Many of those people were part of their diversity initiatives, including black community focused, strong black lead, Latinx focused, Contoro, Asian American focused, Golden and LGBTQ focused most. So these were all different groups. So this is really interesting to me because I don't know if it's at Echo Chamber, but to me, I'm like, isn't that you cutting like what people are wanting to see from you and wanting to support you for. Yeah. And I don't know whether that is me being, like, too optimistic in the in the scheme of what people want mm-hmm. politically. Um, but to me, that, like, just makes no sense because you're decreasing your value. You're going to get more unsubscribers. Yeah, which is sort of what I think as well. I think it's because I have seen the headlines and things like this, which is also to do with our echo chamber – 
Um, headlines are all running with like Netflix has caused layoffs and everyone that's being fired are these diversity and inclusion um, representatives. But it's like, no, these there was 150 layoffs uh-huh. of regular people and then contractors that have been laid off were also part of these groups. So like our echo chamber has also been feeding us the things that are really easy to get enraged about. Oh, I know. Which is just not the full story. And, and that's also why I don't trust that people are saying, oh, it's just these people. It's like, no, you've probably heard that it's a few of these people and then you're running with the headlines yeah. to get clicks. Because when I looked into it, I was like, oh, it's 150 people, like regular workers, yeah. plus the contracted in workers. But then that made me think, there's a way bigger problem then, like that these people that are running these amazing initiatives aren't the people that you're hiring as part of your core team. Yes, exactly. You're having them as add-ons. Yes. Which is this whole thing of like creating art and then yes. having, you know, your yes. inclusion or, like, the diverse people that you're trying to represent as an afterthought. It's like, yeah. no, you need to be putting money into allowing these people yeah. to make art and tell their stories and then aiding them through that. They should be the core. Yeah. So yeah. I, I – because that's exactly – because I actually sat with this because I know what social media is like and mm. I know that people like to be enraged. And then – so there were a few things. It was like we run a much smaller company – but we understand that when you're losing money, you do have to take action. You can't, like, these things have to happen. Because then the whole company is going to go under and no one's going to get any great product or yes. whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. So there's that. There's, like, the understanding of you have to do what you have to do. And then it was like, well, why are the first people to be axed, these people that you view as, like, add-ons or additions to your team, not, like, your core team like you just, still see them as like adornments or something yeah it again shows that all of these like anything that happens in the world the oppressed and the minority are always the ones worse off thinking about covid thinking about climate change you know the people that are affected are always the minorities mm-hmm. and so it's the same here right yeah it's just it's because it's the just thinking hasn't changed enough no. or we haven't had enough time for it to be like Okay, at the very start of a company, if you're hiring an executive team, get people that you want to represent and to be represented in that team. Writers, hire them, hire the people that you want to be writing the stories you want to tell straight into those teams. So it's like, don't hire additional people to start the groups that you want to make your company look good. Get them in at the core. And this is where, like, your problems are going to start to be solved. Your product and your service is just going to be so much more Mm. balanced and interesting and And real and authentic. Yeah. Hell yeah. So for this one... I'm it's obviously it's not a nice story. No. But what is also not nice is social media running with the headlines that is not telling the full story just to get enragement because it's like that's not really helping the conversation that needs to be like had. When when you falsify something or when you make it clickbait, it really takes away from it means that people can focus on, well, that's not the true story. Oh, it, the, like, like Oh, the amount of times that we've done research for Culture Vulture and while I'm looking and it's like the headline is so misleading. Yes. And even though like this is on our side, this is the, yeah, like, this is the I, media like, side no, of things. you shouldn't have asked these people, but it's like that's not the full context no, of the story. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, because it runs both ways. It's mm. just whatever. And it's just interesting because when you ha- even have conversations with people in real life, right, like your friends and whatever, because we're all fed these really kind of outrageous headlines, then that's the opinions that people take on in their day-to-day lives. And then you you start talking to someone, and it's like, oh, yeah, well, this is all fucked and mm. this is crazy and whatever, and it's like, 
But, you stop thinking of solutions yeah, because you're like, that just makes me so angry and why did they do yes, that? Yes, exactly. Like the world's fucked. Mm-hmm. And it's like, well, where are you getting this information from? Are you just reading headlines yeah. that are all like clickbait? Yes. And then like, how does that help anyone? Yeah. Like us now getting fed from the media that shit's fucked. Yeah. Like, Doesn't help that's anyone. That's not helpful. It's like, that's what 2020 felt like to me. Yes. It's like, and that was so fair. Everyone was like... Shit's fucked, shit's fucked, yeah. shit's fucked. And but there's now space it's like, for that. But now it's like, well, okay, we need to do something about well, it. Well, now it's like we've had two years of knowing that shit's fucked. Yeah. And if we just read a little more into it and think a little more critically, then, like, maybe we can come to some conclusions or at least be optimistic. Yeah, absolutely. Because, yeah. Well, it's the only way. Like, we have to live it's in this the, world. It's, it's literally the only way. It's literally yeah. the only way. <laughs> so um, nice that Heartstop is getting renewed. Mm. Not nice that maybe the people that could help inform that to be told the best that it could be told have maybe being fired, but also, I mean, Netflix, you should look at this as an opportunity, like, to fucking hire your core people. Like, the people that you can still afford to pay, make sure they're multifaceted. Oh, my God, yeah. And it was so refreshing with Heartstopper seeing a story that wasn't, like... Depressing. Depressing about coming out or, like, super emotionally involved because that's the only stories we're fed. And it's like, I was reading an article back when we were doing the rom-coms. Yeah. And it was talking about, you know, black stories Mm -hmm. and all of the black stories that kind of get mainstream media attention are about... White saviors. Yeah, Yeah. or like oppression or something like that, right? It's never like, oh, here's a black rom-com. Yeah. Here's just a gorgeous story of a normal life that is actually full of beauty and joy and um, it's been told... And it's not being minimised to the societal issues around them. Yeah, exactly. It could just be something comforting to watch for mm. Um, So true. I am going to be interested because I've seen a lot of commentary saying that people were obsessed with Heartstopper because it was a, just a gorgeous story where nothing felt depressing oh, or wrong. Oh, it was so nice. It was just like a relief. But in the next two seasons, I know that Charlie gets has an eating disorder and it gets mm. really, really deep in the books and dark so it'll be interesting to see how they tell that knowing that the thing people love about it is the lightness and I think they'll be able to do it in a gorgeous way because you need to talk about that and then also just because people like it for the lightness doesn't mean they have to carry on being Mm -hmm. light Mm -hmm. you know and I think they'll do it in a really good way because Mm -hmm. the author of the book seems incredible Um, and then my last so that is nice that we're getting Heartstopper naughty of Netflix but also we can be optimistic um Last story, really quick. Love Island is moving from fast fashion to eBay, eBay buyers, secondhand buyers. I thought this was really good considering we owe um, a little bit of ear time to Love Island because Culture Vulture started, as you all know, as a Love Island debrief. Yes. And um, I just think, like, we like to look at things critically and we also like to just love Love Island. But one of the things we often thought about was how they only wear their outfits oh, once. Yeah, it's fucked up. Like, there's a whole lot of shit that was oh my fucked God. up with Love Island. And there's also, you know, something being said that we love escapism and reality yeah. TV. Um, but, yeah, I, th- I think this is great. And I know that there was some commentary of this being greenwashing. Yeah, and then, like it's not greenwashing. It's literally like, can we just let people do something? Yeah, but it's also like it's not greenwashing because it's secondhand. Like you can't get any more sustainable yeah. than using things that are already being used. I get that people like yes, if they're doing it for the PR, yeah, of that. But it's like I don't actually care at this point, yeah, because just we need something. to start changing the world, and this is something that is helpful. Yeah, no, exactly. I hate 
shitting on people for just trying to do anything. Yeah. I also think there's no way to know that it's greenwashing because, yes, it's been a huge PR thing for them, but we haven't seen the season, so we don't know. They probably will be wearing secondhand shit. We can't make a judgment of it's greenwashing because they're probably going to follow through on this. Yeah, exactly. And if they follow through on this, it's not greenwashing. It would be greenwashing if, say, they were like, oh, yeah, we're only using, like, ethical based yeah. products and then they're still making new shit still making people buy shit right yeah. that they wouldn't buy in the first place yeah. or it would be greenwashing if only half the contestants were wearing secondhand stuff and then the rest you could see they were wearing pretty little thing or something yeah like, so the thing is we can't actually make that judgment yet because we haven't seen what they're wearing what they're doing but at, look at least they're doing something and hopefully i mean there's a fucking so many reality tv shows out there that if one other one follows suit or two other ones follow suit and actually do it really properly then it's just a neat good yeah like if secondhand clothing becomes the norm instead of fast fashion that is a yeah big thing and like at least they're doing something, something. at least they're trying at least they are trying so um I think that's a nice story. I do too. And I'm really excited for Love Island to come back. Yes, personally. <laughs> Absolutely. It gives me a bit of relief. Oh, anyway, we are going to launch into Harry Styles chat, everything Harry Styles. But first, we're going to hear from our sponsors. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Today. So here is an ad for us by us. I want to have a super quick chat to you all about Siska supporters. This is the new way that you can support what we do here at Shit You Should Care About. Because right now we're in a studio which costs money to hire with an audio engineer who we've got to pay and every week we're researching, scripting and hosting this thing for you, all which takes time, resources and it costs money. You'll also notice that we're using valuable advertising space here, space which we often leave empty because we want to make sure that we're only partnering with the best and most vibey people. So for all of these reasons, we need your support to keep doing what we do. So please, if you have $1 or if you have $100, consider becoming a Cisco supporter so that we can keep doing this for you. The link is in the show notes. We love you so much. Bye. Okay, Luce, Harry's house. Obsessed. You've listened, I guess. Like, like honestly, I was there with you when you did. I can't stop listening. Yeah, I have got it on repeat. Yeah. I still feel like I'm not well enough acquainted with it yeah. fully. But, like, how can you be within a few days? I mean, I feel pretty well acquainted with it. But that's, that's good. only because I feel like I've listened to this one way more than his other two when they were released. This one just felt like a bigger deal for me. Uh, yeah. Well, obviously we were working with him. I think of. I think that is, uh, I mean, we were obviously very much in the Harry's house space. But I agree. I mean, I think the hype has only increased yes. for Harry Styles, which is so interesting because he already had a shitload of hype, especially with Fine Line, I think. Um, but yeah, okay, thoughts on the album. Okay, general thoughts. It was, to be honest, it, okay, Full disclosure, I wrote a review on this for the morning newsletter and also Stuff, a publication in New Zealand, published it. 
Um, and they wrote the headline for my review, which wasn't the headline I gave them, and it said Harry Styles has a new album and it was totally unexpected or something. But my actual thoughts are like, this is what I expected from him now. Mm-hmm. After hearing what he'd done at Coachella, after hearing as it was, after listen- looking at him change, like listening to him talk in interviews, I expected something funky and sexy and fun and dreamy. Totally. I absolutely agree. I think as it was, was a great single to great put out. Um, it really encapsulated the vibe. Yeah. And if- I thought it was like... So when I saw that headline, I was like, you're kind of like, fucking hell. And it's totally unexpected. I was like, no, I definitely expected this. I'm a huge fan. Like, Mm -hmm. but I, I have to say, like, I loved it. I don't know because I haven't sat with it for long enough where it fits in the order of Harry Styles' fine line. What I was going to ask you as well, because I agree. It's really, really hard when you hear a new album. Oh my God. So hard because like, obviously with Fine Line and Harry Styles, you have all of this nostalgic shit tied to it, Mm -hmm. right? Because like, you're like, oh, I listened to Watermelon Sugar for the first time here. Or like, like, Lights Out made me feel more horny than I've ever felt in my life. Me and you sat at your mum's house just watching the TV over and over and over. So it's kind of hard because you obviously don't have those experiences tied to it, except we are lucky enough to have had the listening party experience tied to it, which was probably the best thing you could have. Yeah. Um, But at that time, it was very much a bit of a blur. Yes. I mean, when you're just listening to something straight through for the first time, it's really hard for your brain to sort of grasp it properly. But there were some emotional reactions that we Mm -hmm. had quite um, abruptly, didn't we? Like when music from a sushi restaurant started and we were shook because we were not expecting the... Like, I'm sorry. Yeah, I think, like, yes, the overall vibe is exactly what I was expecting, but music from a sushi restaurant was not quite the opener that I was expecting. Like, it was much more punchy. It was huge. Yeah. It was a huge And fun and freaky and sort of weird. Um, So, so good. I had some of the lyrics from that. Like, I could cook an egg on you. I know. Excuse me, a green tea? Question mark. I actually love this. Like, amazing. His lyrics, I feel like... To someone that wasn't a huge stan, mm. you could be like, what the fuck are yeah. you talking about? It's interesting because I think the lyrics on this one are good, but I think that is, for me, the downfall of the album. Because mm-hmm. you're a big lyrics. lyrics. You're a big lyrics girl. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Which you are too. I listen to them way less now. Interesting. I know. Yeah. I am more of an overall vibe. I'm more of, uh-huh. I think it's because I've gotten way more into like pop. Yes, so you're listening I, for different things. Yes. And that's what's really interesting about this album because I think for me, like, loved it. Mm-hmm. It's like a sexy, dreamy vibe. What did I write? I wrote something about it's like when you're kind of you've you've pre-drunk for a party and mm. you're like in a really kind of like happy days and then you go and there's someone kind of exciting there yeah. and then you're like hanging out with them. Yeah. Like I feel like that is the vibe. The vibe. Like that's yeah. how it makes me feel, which is like really cool. I just feel like below that there's not that much substance mm. for me. Yeah. Um, I think it was interesting because I was listening to Joy Crooks, yes. who I'm a huge fan of. She released an album called Skin earlier this year and I was listening to it last night and obviously like – your mind does start to compare, right? Mm-hmm. Although it's a totally different album, it just like it made me feel things. I think because she's just got deeper themes, and and it's all about you know like historical oppression, yeah, um, and just really like heart wrenching romance and all of this shit. And it's like Harry's did not make me feel anything particularly deep, but that's okay. And yes. and 
it's what I would go to if I didn't want to feel those things. I think so, it's because you like when people open up to you mm-hmm. and you like to feel things and you like to know what other people are thinking yeah, and feeling. I like the intimacy of that. And their experiences. So it makes so much sense because, like, I like listening most of the time, I think, for fun and enjoyment. Yeah. And then every now and again for, like, if I'm in that mood, I'll yeah. reach for something that's like Sufjan Stevens that makes me want to fucking, fucking cry. cry. And I love that as well. Yeah. So I 100% agree. It's like, it's an album you would go to for a certain feeling. Absolutely. And it's a consistent feeling throughout. Yes. I didn't feel like, I mean, there are a couple of songs that maybe I didn't gravitate to as much, but I feel like it was a super solid album. Yeah. And, like, I also thought, you know, it would make great background music. And I don't mean that in a savage way at all. Yeah. I just mean that in, like, say you're at drinks or at a party. It, like, would lift the yes. entire mood without you having to, like, really... It wouldn't be something that I would sit in my room and listen to the whole album fully. Because yeah. I do that sometimes and mm-hmm. I just sit there and I listen to music and make it, you know, make me feel all of the things. But... That's fun. Like, yeah. that's really cool. And I think this might be controversial, but, like, mm. there's no bangers. Like, no. it's not like a – it's not like Billie Eilish's latest album where I was waiting for a banger, waiting for a banger, waiting for a banger, and I got it with Happier Than Ever. Yeah. And I was, like, left, like, fucking floored. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, my God. With Harry's one, I was still left floored, but I was left floored because of the way that the album fit together so gorgeously. Yeah. Not because there was a banger on it. It's like one whole, if you like, looking at it like a graph of emotion, right? Yeah. It's like, it starts off high, it continues high, and maybe it goes down a little bit with like yes. Matilda, which to be honest, I think is one of my least favorites. Me too. I've re-listened a lot and I prefer it now than like... Oh, that's good. But I think, I think that's I need also, to listen to it a few more times. I think times. it might be a blessing because I think anyone that's gone through something that Harry's talking about on Matilda really connects with it. And so yeah. I'm like almost lucky that it wasn't one of my That's so true. Songs. That's so true. I think I just found it a little like... Obvious. Obvious. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly that's it. Like it needed, again, lyrically, yes. it needed like a little bit more nuance, a little bit more like hidden depths to yeah. it because it's obviously a really deep subject mm-hmm. matter. Um, but again, yeah, I'm lucky like you and I don't come from a family like yeah. it's talked about in Matilda. So it's like I don't even feel like I'm really the person to talk to that song. Because people were crying in the listening party. We people, listening to yeah. the song and it was actually gorgeous. Yeah, I just hope that, I don't know, to me it kind of felt like the token sad oh, song. Okay. And I, I don't know if that's think, too brutal. I think the song that made me sad was Little Freak because mm. um, it was like talking about, I think, a love that had slipped away or that had disrespected someone and the love, like, it didn't work out for yeah. them. And he was almost like, he says, like, like, I'm not worried about who you're going home to or, like, what you're doing. I'm just thinking of you. And it's like he's reflecting nicely. He's thinking about them. Yeah. Not wanting it back, but almost being like, I could have done better. And that made me sadder. Yeah. And I read that as well. Like, I'm thinking about you, but I don't want you anymore. Yeah. Because you didn't see me with the whole, like, you never saw my birthmark sort of thing. Oh, and I took that as, like, I disrespected you. Like, I didn't let you get close enough. To, oh, like, the point okay, of, like, okay. you never even saw my birthmark, but he was almost putting it on himself, like, being like, I disrespected you. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah. I need to listen to that but one a few more times. You could take it both yeah, ways. Yeah, I kind of, t- like, took it as, like, 
you didn't see me but yeah yeah and then that's an interesting conversation in itself isn't it yeah I love honestly I love little freaks yeah little is that okay so those top three moments Um, of the album so I'm taking this from the listening party because Mm -hmm. that was the first time we heard it Mm -hmm. also just to backtrack and there was no bops on the album the closest thing to a bop is as it was I agree which isn't your generic bop it's not like fucking huge but it's like fast and fun and is yeah. what we would call a bop probably mm-hmm. or mm-hmm. a banger or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, top three moments were when we first started listening to music from a sushi restaurant, we first heard Scooby Dooby Doo Boo. Yeah, <laughs> when we first and heard the skit. Both wrote down, we both had obviously the postcards and, and Luce and I both wrote our notes on that. And then I took mine home and I left it on the table. My flatmate came over and she started reading it and she was like, Liv, what the fuck is Scooby Dooby Doo Boop Boop? No, I know. <laughs> and it was like, I couldn't remember the word for skating when he does all no, like, no, his, no. Lyrical, his fucking Same vocal apparently. shit. And I tweeted it as well, and it was before heaps of people had heard the album, and I just tweeted scooby dooby doo boo and then I wrote under it, you're all going to lose it when you hear the album and you yeah. know what this means. And now it has, like, thousands of likes and retweets oh and stuff because people have gone and been like, yes, yeah, scooby doo Exactly. <laughs> um, so there was that. There was, oh, my God, okay. So there was that moment. There was the whole, the whole of cinema, which was yes. a, an entire moment in the listening party. Yeah. One of the more memorable moments. I agree. But because you and I were looking at each other, we're sitting across each, from each other, and this is a testament to, like, Harry, but we learnt the lyrics do you think I'm cool or am I too into you? We learned it like within the first chorus. Yeah. So the next two choruses, we could sing it to each other. And I remember thinking, this is one of my favorite lines of the album right Same. now. That's some of the, yeah. I Cause again, cinema has some lyrics where I'm like, mm. but then that line I'm like, yes. Cause that encapsulates the whole kind yes. of ethos of the song. Yeah. And like, if it's written about Olivia Wilde or if the whole album is an ode to her or whatever, whether it was finished before they actually met or whatever, however you want to look at it. Like, yeah, because what's the line? It's like, I bring the pop, you bring the cinema or something yes. like that. And then we pop when we get in a minute. I love yeah. that whole, I love that whole you pop. sentiment. Nah, nah. Like, yeah, it like cuts in between them all and then he does the full lines at the end. And I'm just like, cinema's fucking cool. Yeah. It's just so interesting. Like, with how you probably listen to things more sonically yes. than I do. And, like, I've been trying to listen to mm. things more sonically. And, like, when I did hear this, I was like, if I was a music producer, I think I would be like, fuck yes. Well, that's because I never listen for production, right? I just mm. listen because I know that I love, like, Bleachers, John Bellion, like, anything But I feel like, to me, that's, yeah. like, hardcore production. I know. Like, like John Bellion and, and Jack Antonoff. Yes. Like, they're, for, first and foremost, producers. I know. And I feel like... Because I don't listen, yeah, I don't you listen subconsciously to, listen to. to lyrics anymore. Yeah. I, whereas when me and Liv were younger and like we used to write songs, Liv still writes songs, so it makes sense that you listen f- for lyrics. But now I'm like, just make me feel fun and happy and punchy. And yeah. like, I saw heaps of reviews saying like, the production on this album is fucking incredible. And I'm yeah. like, I don't know what that means, but, but I probably agree. <laughs> you know it because that is actually, I yeah, I absolutely yeah. think that. So interesting. Um, And then my third moment is... In the song Little Freak, the line, which I think, there's two lines in this which might be my favourite lines in the album, but I spilled beer on your friend, I'm not Not sorry. Not sorry. That's going to be another, like, Harry, you're no good alone line that everyone, because at the listening party, everyone just, like, screamed that line, and that's going to be a line, I thought, as soon as I heard it as well, at the concerts, people are going to go wild. Beer beer on your friend, I'm not sorry. And then Mm. also, just the isolated you never saw my birthmark because for me it was like he didn't let anyone in enough to see the birthmark and so I was like 
And it, there's like, it's so, the line is on its own in the song. And I'm just like, oh my God. Yeah. Emote. So yeah, Little Freak had, Little Freak in cinema. There's a really beautiful amazing. melody in Little Freak. I think it's the start yes. of the chorus. And every time I hear it, I'm like, oh yes. Like, um, no, 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 yeah. No, no, no. It's just like really, really nice. And like, also Boyfriends oh. is such a fucking good song and Love of My Life is incredible. Sorry, I, yeah. I know I was on that last three moments, but like Love of My Life is like cinematic. It's, it's like it? it's like I loved that he put it right at the end of the album because I felt like it was when the credits rolled. Yeah. And you're just oh. like sat there and you've just watched something amazing and you're feeling like in that kind of romantic space. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, I loved the positioning of that song. It's I know. I just lie on a field and listen to it. It's like um it's almost it's like his version of Bohemian Rhapsody, but a really shortened version of it, yeah. just because it like it changes all the time. Like in the middle, there's like only guitar bit. And I'm yeah. like, bro, that is not how the song started. And I don't True. know how we're gonna get back. And then at the end, there's only really high up piano that's going ding ding ding. And I'm oh. like, sorry, so how nice. have you done this? And I because I think I had really high really low hopes for that song because I don't love a love song. Yeah. And I thought, love of my life, I'm gonna fucking hate it because it's gonna be boring. And because it's called Love of My Life, and you always think like, you know, when people kind of use I guess that's a cliche. Yeah. But he's the way he's no. utilized it is really lovely. I know. Yeah, I'm I found that unexpected as well because I love a love song, but I don't love an obvious love song. No. I really no. hate an obvious love song, so it's Interesting that that yeah. kind of hit right. Yeah. Okay. 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 So here are my thoughts. Those have you are your got, top have three. Have you got more thoughts, or have you been giving them? Oh, I love late night talking. I mm. I think that that's gonna be. I've been looking at the listens on Spotify, and, oh, okay. and that's the one that people seem to be listening to. Really. On repeat. And that was when he debuted at Coachella, which made me think that people wouldn't be listening to it so much because they felt like they already heard it. But True, wow. but then maybe it's a familiarity thing that they feel like they can sing along or whatever it is. And have you noticed that Late Night Talking sounds really similar to cinema? There's a bit in cinema where you could be saying, we've been doing all this Late Night Talking, like they could mash up perfectly together. Oh, like, yes. Uh, no, cinema, Late Night, yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. They also, are definitely from the same world. Well, yeah, those are the ones that give me like – I don't know if you do this as well, but, like, the whole colour thing when you mm. listen to... I don't get that. Like, I don't think I have, like, yeah, borderline. Like, I don't have it where it's, like, coming yeah. in well, you're front of me. you're tasting yellow and seeing no, and hearing. No, not at all, but I definitely get colour association. Yeah. So, like, to me, cinema is, like, kind of deep red, oh. maroon sort of vibe. Yeah. And then Late Night Talking has a little bit of that, too, and... I think that comes from the kind of like R&B influence. I loved that was the first thing that struck me with a few of his songs. And I think it was especially Late Night Talking because it was second on the album. I was like, oh, there's like a groove to this. Like there's like a smoothness. There's a funk. Like there is a funk. There is a bass line in here, which I don't know how. I mean, I'm also not a producer. I don't know how many times he's used bass lines in his past albums. But this did feel like... Like, compared to, like, Watermelon Sugar and Golden and, like, Canyon Moon and stuff, it felt deeper. Yeah, because I think those... I actually fucking love Watermelon Sugar, but I don't really love Canyon Moon or... um, I, I, I like Golden, I really like it, but that's not the sort of music yeah, that I gravitate neither. towards. Those those ones aren't really... Falling, no. not my vibe either. No, Falling, again, a bit obvious. Yeah, but I... Get it. Anyway, yes. This did feel like a more mature Yeah, it felt album. like more mature. Yeah. I, so I really liked that. Again, cinema, super sultry. I just yeah. love anything that's sultry. And yeah. to me, that was like a slightly darker song um, in a very kind of like dreamy blue haze. Mm. Um, yeah. And then As It Was, honestly, oh, I think As It Was is my favorite from the album because 
it just, I love that whole, like, you've got really melancholic sentiment, yes. but then it's juxtaposed with this really kind of, like, high tempo, like synthy kind of yeah. up. It's like Dancing on My Own, yeah. Robin, yeah. like all of that sort of shit, which I love. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, I think those were my... I also really like the start of Grape Juice. Every time I hear Grape Juice come on, I'm like, what's that song? But then it lets me down in the chorus. Yeah. Also, yeah. yeah. There is like a few that in my head get confused. Like yeah. obviously Daylight, Daylight and, and Daydream. Daydream. But I know that like one of them is really cool. I think it's Daylight. Where Daylight's it's like, like the bluebird thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. So and then, Daylight's cool. Keep Driving is actually like the lyrics in the bridge of Keep Driving right. are like cocaine, side boob, choke her with a sea view. Oh, yeah. And there's actually a lyric I love in a it. Um, naughty. Um, life hacks going viral in the bathroom. I just think that is such That's a good a lyric really because good it's lyric. like, you know what's going on on the internet. You are like, as much as you say you're not on it and blah, 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 blah. You're commenting on it right there. Life hacks going viral in the bathroom. Yeah. Sorry. You've been on TikTok. You've seen the trends churning through the trends. Yeah, exactly. Because then he was um, doing an interview. I can't remember who for, but they were talking about the trends and he was like, I haven't seen them. But then I'm like, surely you'd yeah. not. People would tell, would you, tell you. Like your your band would oh be like, God. yeah. This and is when he said on. that he didn't really know, you know, after the fanfic that was written and then made into a movie, he said on Howard Stern, well, he definitely knows it's about him and he definitely knows it's about him. But yeah. sometimes I just... Just want him to be like, yeah, they he's, wrote a fanfic about me, and now it's a movie, and that's fucking weird. But like, go off. I would just like pretty fucking coy with media. He is so coy, and I think that comes from being in the boy band. Being I know, like, totally oh, the Larry Stylinson thing would have yeah. fucking fucked him Awful. up. And then also, he probably got a shitload of media training through that, so yeah. it's like he he's very diplomatic with his answers. Yeah. I think he was asked about Olivia Wilde a couple of times yeah. on the Howard Stern interview, and he's just very very diplomatic with how he goes about that. But, yeah, I think, yeah, probably what I've just said is my... Oh, also, the harmonies on Boyfriends. I know. Stunning. Boyfriends is everything. Boyfriends is lovely, like, so, so lovely. The live performance on Howard Stern. I know. With Nio, the girl who's actually from New Zealand. um, They're, like, she sounds fucking incredible. Like, I think, like, she holds that song. She should have been on the album recording. I think it, because it's his harmonies all on the album. I think they're too, like, they mesh. And, like, the practice that must have gone into that, because it's so clean. And they do it. Like fully a cappella at the end. Yes, and they and did it at Coachella, and it sounded good there too. So totally. I'm like, and there's like some surprising harmonies, like you know when like something yes. happens and you're like, oh, like yes. I wasn't thinking it was going there, and then it did, and it was really really nice. I love a surprising harmony because yes. like everything's a fifth above or a fifth below yeah. in my head. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or and if I'm so trying to do it in the when car, when people can do more complex ones, yeah. it's like oh, holy my shit. God. Um, oh, I yeah. also con- maybe controversially, but I've already tweeted it, so mm. it's fine. I think boyfriend. <laughs> I've already let it know to the world, so it's fine. <laughs> I think Boyfriends is the best he's ever sounded vocally live. Uh-huh. The best song uh-huh. he's ever sung I don't vocally. think that's cool. I think that's amazing because I think he sounds incredible in his first album, like that rock sort of yeah. vibe. There's that um, documentary yeah. and all of the live recordings and he sounds fucking incredible, but it's a totally different... He's using his voice in quite a different way here yes. and it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. I just think like... 
He's so relaxed. Actually, all the vocals in the album, like, he's not trying to do the most. He's not mm. doing too much. He's not trying to belt. No, he's relaxed. And that's actually something I read, and there was, there's quite a few good reviews, mm. um, especially one from Pitchfork. Mm-hmm. It's really good. They gave it, like, a 7.2 or something. Like, they were definitely very complimentary, but, again, just thought that it kind of lacks a little, little bit of substance. Um, so this is how I think the Pitchfork review ends it's like so what if harry's house isn't especially bold innovation is not a requirement of a solid pop album and working too hard of it is out of fashion anyway better to slip on your gucci pajamas and just enjoy i thought that was really good writing and so true so true so i love that he sounded relaxed because i hope Mm. i hope it means that he's not trying to prove himself anymore yes a hundred percent a hundred percent and even with the advertising like i think it might have even been in the same review they were talking about how you know when he first broke from the band and he came out with sign Harry Styles yeah in Sign of the Times it was like very much he was trying to show that he had these influences that people yeah. respected like the yeah. Beatles and all of this rock stuff and the marketing of that was very kind of in the same vein as he was you know, he had that documentary and yeah. he was at, what was it, Abbey Road? Yeah. And it was all very much like, I'm a proper yeah. artist. And we all And I like, did mushrooms to think of this. Yeah, and blah, exactly. Blah, blah, blah. And, and I'm, I'm learning like, guitar and like, I know how to do these things now. Yes, and I'm showing you I can play the instruments. Yeah. And yeah, absolutely. And then they were talking about the marketing of Harry's house. And it's literally like, I think it says, when a rock star becomes a lifestyle influencer, he announces it with a Better Homes and Gardens cover. <laughs> and like, they weren't saying this in a kind yeah. of like horrible way. They were saying it in like a very clever way that it's just like, again, not trying too hard. Don't this have to is prove what yourself. it is. Yeah. And like, I don't really like the term lifestyle influencer, but I think it's like, you know, he's a lifestyle advocate almost yeah. in this album. And it's. And he's just living his life. He's just living his life. Which is what we're all doing. Oh my yeah. God. I so agree. I think one, one last thing mm-hmm. for me is that in the live performances, he's been. He's been playing guitar a lot more. I feel like yes. he's gotten a lot better. Like, obviously, he's had years now of practicing, and it's just been nice to see the evolution of, like, I remember when I was watching his One Direction video diaries, and, like, Niall knew how to play guitar, but he was, like, the only one. And then yeah. Niall would, like, teach them little bits. And then it's it's like what we were talking about, like, um, if you fail at something, you just got to keep getting yeah, better. Like, oh, you, instruments are so yeah, that thing. Yeah, like, 100%. And I, I'm, like, watching him learn from like your basic chords and like learning how to strum just on and off in the video diaries or whatever and now seeing him be confident enough on stage to multiple songs choose to be playing yes. the guitar and not just focusing on your vocals and how that musicality has now influenced his work mm. in probably the production oh my God. and everything because you can and even the way he's singing yeah. I feel like when you learn an instrument your voice isn't the only your, instrument yeah, you've your got to voice work with. then changes the way that you Think about it. You're not just trying to like show sing off and show off. You're trying to like convey something. Yeah. Which is amazing. Yeah. So, I mean, that's probably not even all the thoughts, but no, it's a it's lot not of the all thoughts. the thoughts, but it is a lot of the thoughts. Um, yeah. Great album. Great Loved album. It. Probably going to listen to it for the rest of the day. Oh, I definitely am. Liv, other than listening to Harry Styles' new album, Harry's House, for the rest of the day, what else is on your radar? Doug? So, what's on my radar is what I already actually touched on was Joy Crook's nice. album, Skin. Honestly. Is it a new one? Oh, no. It came out in 2021. Oh, yeah. But it's just, like... Stunning? Stunning. Yeah. I think like, there's so many moments. Every song. Nice. Like, and we're going to go see yeah, her. Yeah, we're going to so see we're her, so. very excited about that. But, like, fuck. She's a strong woman. Yeah. Um, but what's on your radar, Luz? 
Um, on my radar is Love Island, which is yes. coming back soon, and I'm just really excited to. Yes. And like I um, was thinking the other day, like Harry's house has been like the latest fixation. But I was like, I'm so ready for Love Island for to another be my fixation. Next yeah, fixation. like we love you, Harry, but we have we sort have of very much done it. Yeah, we have very much done you. Yeah, <laughs> we wish done you to death. Um, and then my other thing, which is a weird one, is. Minions, The Rise of Gru, but the soundtrack. Oh, okay. Jack Antonoff is producing it. Mm -hmm. And I'm just going to listen to some of the songs. Turn Up the Sunshine, performed by Diana Ross, featuring Tame Impala. Oh, my God. Funky Town, performed by St. Vincent. Oh, my gosh. Hollywood Swinging, performed by Brockhampton. Goodness, they got all the stars. Um, There's a song by Carly Uchis on there. Bang Bang by Caroline Polachek, who's like... (gasps) My favourite artist of all time. Fly Like an Eagle by Thundercat. Goodbye to Love by Phoebe Bridges. Instant Karma by Bleachers. It's like all these old songs that are being re-recorded by like everyone I love. Love. Dance to the Music performed by Her. Oh. Like, I'm sorry. Cecilia performed by The Minions. (laughs) I can't. (laughs) The Minions, my favourite artist My (laughs) favourite. Oh, so honestly, I'm just like, it's a weird one, but. No, I I love that. I, yeah, soundtracks is something that I want to like. Get into more. Oh my because god! I feel the, like the they... Great Gatsby soundtrack is my yes. life. All the Lana Del Rey covers. Yes, and just like Beyonce's on there. And yes. Like, no, it's actually so. And a little party never killed nobody. With Fergie is actually fucking yeah. so good. Okay, so anyway, you should all Florence and the Machine does one. Florence and the Machine's Cruella. Oh my god, um, oh song yeah. really good. Yeah, so anyway, we're on soundtrack. <laughs> um, but love, I really think I have talked about music. Actually, I could keep talking about it, but um, maybe the listeners might be sick of us at this point. I will say we are about to release some personal playlists. Which <laughs> we were going to say personal music. I was like, you've been working on a secret project. <laughs> I've been list. working on a project. <laughs> <laughs> we're about to release the personal playlists. Me and the minions. <laughs> Up. <laughs> no, Liv and I and Ruby. Oh God, it sounds like another personal project. Destiny's Child. Destiny's Child over here. No, we're about to release um some playlists that if you're a Cisco supporter, you're going to basically get access into like a whole insight into our personality. I know. Because I have put every song that I can think of. quite vulnerable. Yes. Yeah. That like makes me me or that mm. I've ever loved. And some of them are sad and some of them are happy. And like Robes and Love have done the same thing. So for our Cisco supporters, so if you are an annual or a monthly Cisco supporter, and there's plenty of time to come and become one, and you're always, you know, you're even if you sign up today, you're going to get everything we've ever released to the supporters. But it's going to be amazing. I'm excited to send them out. We also have done like a bumper book recommendations Ooh, list. Oh, yeah. That's actually like a book Bible. Oh, my God. It's like the hugest library of all of our favorite books and the books that we bought and regretted. Like there's a bunch in there so that you don't waste your money. So if you become a Cisco supporter, again, you'll get access to that straight away. We've got some other exciting shit in the works. And truly, it's just wonderful to have you supporting us. And it's nice to be able to give you some extra shit. Oh, so, so, so good. So anyway, um, as usual, thank you to our wonderful fine wine tasting um, producer, T.I. Butler. (laughs) And thank you to you, Liv, for joining. Thank you, Luce, as always. Thank you to Harry for uh, giving us the whole subject matter. (laughs) (laughs) Bye, everyone. See ya. 
Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.